The T Podcast is presented by Chase Group Construction. Chase Group takes the lead and becomes your one point of contact for the entire design build process. They have a diverse portfolio of projects that range from medical to popular restaurants to multi-unit shopping center developments. You can check them out at chasegroupconstruction.com. This is the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. I'm your host, Ben Powers. On this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, entrepreneurs, and community influencers who all play a role in moving Lafayette Parish and South Louisiana forward. Uh, today we have a fellow Leadership 36 classmate, Eli Ramirez, with us. He's also a financial advisor. We're going to be talking with him about his journey from Lacoste, Texas, and landing in Lafayette. Eli is a uh, non-native boomerang, is what we kind of established uh, today. Uh, What that means is he's from Lacoste, Texas, and came to Lafayette for school, left Lafayette, and then moved back to Lafayette. So I don't know what, I don't know the official term. We're just going to be calling that a non-native boomerang because typically a boomerang is somebody who's native, moves away, it comes back. So he boomeranged back to your own your hometown and then just swung back around. That's right. That's crazy. Um, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about you uh, and the the journey that Eli took to ultimately land in Lafayette. Yeah, well, it's uh, pretty boring, actually. It's, uh, uh, no, it's all everybody, everybody's story. You brought bro. in the most boring guy you could. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, graduating from high school, it's, uh, it's, you know, you're trying to figure out what you want to do. And uh, I've always loved San Antonio and the San Antonio area. So Lacoste is west of San Antonio. And, you know, I stayed there after high school for a year or two and still trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, but eventually I figured out that, hey, I, I just need – something else, something different. Yeah. And what was that like? And so the, you know, my best friend from high school, his mom was our high school counselor. Uh, they you know, they have family in New Iberia and Sulphur. And so uh, one of the things that she asked was, you know, okay, I know that you're a native Texan. You, you carry that with you uh, through and through, but if you had to envision yourself outside of Texas, where is it? I don't really know. I still wanted to stay close to home. And she said, well, why not Louisiana? And so we started having that conversation and um, came for a visit, you know, stepped onto campus and absolutely loved it and loved the food, loved the people and uh, just said, hey, mom and dad, I'm coming to Lafayette. And I actually didn't even know I was going to be attending UL until it started right up in that deadline where it's like, okay, school starting in like two weeks, I got to decide. And then I woke up one morning and said, hey, I'm going to Lafayette and let's get moving. Um, so it's that's kind of how it all ended up with me coming here. Um, and then from there, you know, graduated. And then, of course, it's what I do from here. And there was no, at the time, uh, perceived benefit of staying here in Lafayette, right? So I'm like, okay, well, job market, I don't really know where it's at here. You know, I always wanted to be in finance and I want to go back home to Texas and uh, ended up doing that and, you know, was dating a Cajun girl and, you know, that old story, you know, <laughs> brought her to Texas and she brought me right back. So yeah. Yeah. So I I am part of a group, you know, a pretty big group in Lafayette where, you know, we come marry a Cajun girl and we end up back here anyways. So it's, that seems to be the story that uh, typically grabs anybody who's a non-native to Lafayette that keeps them here. Whether typically from what I've seen, it's men who moved here, found a Cajun girl. The Cajun girls don't leave the family. No, they stay. Uh, but every once in a while, it's a uh, a woman from that's not from here moves here, finds a man, and then the man stays here. Like they, and I want to say that it, it can't be all relationship based. I mean, if you want to if you want to consider a relationship, it's with food. Right. I think the food has a relationship for people, so to leave the food would be uh, an issue for a lot. So, so Lacoste, Texas. How big is Lacoste, Texas, compared to Lafayette? Oh gosh, it's minuscule. So <laughs> I, I want to say the, um, I guess when I graduated or left there, uh, population was about 1,200. 
Okay. So that's that's not that. I mean, that's kind of like Youngsville a, a few years ago. Youngsville, I think, is a little over 14,000, maybe hovering around the 19,000 population mark. I'm saying 1,200. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, no, not 19. Not, <laughs> oh, wow. I totally misheard that number. So you're yeah. talking about really small. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, forget everything I just said there. <laughs> uh, hey, they, we would be happy to be compared to Youngsville. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So are you even, you're considered a town there though, right? We are. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, there's two towns that kind of join up, I, I guess a couple now that go to the same high school. Um, but yeah, it's Lacoste and then just north of us is Castroville, Texas. And, you know, that's right along Highway 90. Um, I'd say probably 20 miles west of the city. Wow. Okay. And so how far is San Antonio from Lacoste? Oh, it's, you know, 20, 25 minute drive. So you guys would go to San Antonio a good bit? Oh, yeah. Yep. So is that like the big town next? Like that? Because, so for example, uh, for us, I lived an hour away from Lafayette. And I lived 30 minutes away from Alexandria. Our, like, normal routine days out were usually at Alexandria. Like, every other weekend or so, we'd go to Alexandria, go eat at the normal chain place, which, look, not knocking it, I like Chili's. But that's where we would go, plus you could feed a family pretty pretty good there. Uh, and then our big days out were Lafayette, because it was just a little bit farther. So right. is, is that kind of how San Antonio was, or was it more frequent or, like, less frequent? Like, what was that like? Yeah, so it's... Uh Gosh, and now I'm trying to think. We did go there quite a bit, uh, to, but we we weren't people that really ate out. We ate at home. It was so, you know, kind of similar to here, it was more family oriented, right? Okay. So we wanted to stay local. We had a couple of local grocery stores back in the day, and um, but then we finally got a big chain in H E B that went to Lytle, which is you know kind of uh, I don't know maybe ten miles south of us. Um, but that was later in my high school years that H E B finally got there. So. But before we were driving into San Antonio, at least thirty minutes to go grocery shopping. So, okay, yeah, yeah. H E B, man. Uh, a lot of people are hoping for H E B here. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. I've never been to H E B, but I hear it's uh, amazing. Well, I keep on hearing Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah. So same. it's I've never been to Trader Joe's either. <laughs> so it's like either way. Like I'm familiar with you know the Win Dixies, the Super Ones. I love Super One, um, but there's a uh, a grocery store aficionado that I know that follows us and he is a champion for H-E-B. Like he messages H-E-B all the time. Like, Hey, y'all need to come to uh, Louisiana. And apparently there was an H-E-B in Louisiana a long time ago, but I don't, I'm not sure what happened with that, but it's probably before my time. Did I know that? Yeah. I mean, that's according to what I've been told. Uh, I could be wrong or the person could be wrong, but uh, I think he'd be right. So at what age did you, uh, move from Lacoste to Lafayette the first time? Oh, gosh. Would that have been 20? Yeah, I think age 20. Okay. I didn't even, I never tried crawfish, never, you know, Louisiana cuisine was not what I grew up on. Uh, but it was exciting to be here and have access to that and, you know, try new things. So the first thing coming here that I would always ask people is, and I still do, is, you know, kind of show me your Lafayette. What do you do? What do you do for fun? What do you... Just, I'm going to follow your lead. Yeah. And so that's where I got introduced to a lot of different things around Lafayette uh, and the surrounding areas, particularly, you know, hey, go to the Frog Festival in college. Okay, we'll go out there. The Gumbo Festival in New Iberia. Okay, we'll do that too. Go to Morgan City. Okay, we'll do that. So it's, you know, not being, it, essentially being a yes man, right? Just following leads to, for new experiences. And that's how I looked at it coming to a new state. Yeah. So I guess <clears throat> what I'm, ultimately trying to uh, drill down here is at what point, because if you were around 20 years old, uh, you've lived all your life in one area at that up to that point. Were you born and raised in that area? Yes, San Antonio. I was born in San Antonio. It was, I guess, the closest hospital at the time. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's your roots. It is. And to be plucked out of your area or to pluck yourself out of an area and to reroute yourself, it's a big deal. Like, was it weird to do that? I mean, obviously you you moved here. I don't. You said you didn't realize you were going to go to school here at first. 
or you didn't know if you were going to go to school here first, and then you moved back. But like, like what, what really were you feeling, or like what was the thought process of like moving away? Like, did you just want more opportunity? Like, or why not San Antonio? It was just something new. So at the at the very foundation of it, it was I knew San Antonio. I, obviously, that's kind of my that is my culture. You know, I've been exposed to it. I just wanted something different, right? So, it was, um, and, and that's where Lafayette came in, in in terms of food, in terms of uh, more diversity in culture wise. It, it was vastly different than what I was grown, you know, ex- exposed to. Um, and so that was the lure of initially coming here. Um, once I got here, then you start meeting the people. And it's like, okay, so it's kind of like home in the sense of how people interact and you know, holding doors for each other, just saying, greeting each other in the morning, doing the little things uh, where you get that hospitality. Uh, so that was at least a little bit comforting where I can go up and maybe that's a little bit of my personality as well, but I can go up and just start a conversation with anybody. Um, but it kind of felt like home a little bit uh, just with a different flair. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm fascinated to kind of dig a little more. You said that Lafayette was more culturally diverse mm-hmm. than your hometown. Right. People here would hear that and think, how? Well, you say how, but, you know, I mean, obviously the big cities, right? When I left UL and moved to Houston, that's a whole nother animal. But we yeah. are talking about... Uh, Lacoste and that cash area, cities, yeah. right? So the the way that that started is, you know, I guess Lacoste has been around since the late 1800s, similar to Castroville, but it was um, Alsatian settlers who settled the area. So when I went to even going up to high school, there were Hispanic families, there were white families, there was one black family that I went to school with. The only reason, well, we had that why we had the black family there was because we had. Um, the Air Force Base mm. right there on the west side of San Antonio. They That family had just kind of moved out to that area. Now it's getting better, but that's who I grew up with, right? It was just kind of two cultures, and that was it. Um, and so it was really interesting coming here and getting exposed to a lot of other different cultures. And then even after leaving UL and going to Houston, now you just kind of get everybody there, right? Yeah. So it was really cool, you know, to see uh, Katie Asian Town. You know, kind of go up when we were there. So you got exposed to, you know, the cuisine and more of the culture. You've, I mean, you pick a culture, it's there in Houston, right? Right, right. So it's, um, but yeah, it's, at least you have more culture here, uh, or at least access to it. Yeah, so I, I love but Remember, that. a town of 1,200, how much culture yeah, are you going right, to get, right? And is it mostly Hispanic? Uh, mostly white. Mostly white, right? Mostly white. Um, It wasn't until, of course, you got into San Antonio or closer to it that it was more Hispanic. Interesting. So, so obviously, it sounds like you're Hispanic native because your last name. Is your family mixed or is it like describe your family uh, origins, I guess? Yeah. So, uh, my dad was born in Mexico, Um, actually became a citizen last year. Nice. Uh, So, yeah. So, it's uh, that was awesome. You know, we're. I bet. Very excited for him. Um, my mom was born in Texas. Okay. And so, yeah, so her side of the family, every, everybody's basically from Mexico and just came here at different times. Unleash your musical potential with the Music Academy of Acadiana, Acadiana's top music school with classes in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, and audio production. Their experienced instructors cater to students of all ages and musical styles. Graduates have excelled in college and major music competitions and even made it on popular TV shows like American Idol and The Voice. Founded by UL Lafayette Music School graduate Tim Benson, they have won national recognition and are consistently voted as a top music school since 2016. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. You can check them out at their website, musicacademyacadiana.com, or any of their social media networks. Our next sponsor 
Electronic Protection Systems, or EPS, is Acadiana's premier provider of smart home security systems and whole home water conditioning solutions. They've been in the business for over 20 years and serve all of Louisiana and have recently expanded into Houston, Texas. If you're looking to get started in a smart home security system, they have zero down payment, no out-of-pocket expenses, no long-term contracts, month-to-month services, 24-7 professional monitoring at competitive rates like really good rates, control system via smartphone, including your thermostat, locks, and garage doors. They have professional installation by licensed and certified installers. And if you're looking to improve your home's water quality, they have whole home water conditioning units. They improve the taste and smell of your water, virtually eliminating the need for bottled water. It reduces contaminants like chlorine and lead, helps improve skin and hair quality, and you have consistent water quality throughout your home. And it also is really good for your appliances. Maintenance is easy, and it's a durable design. You can check out more at the website link.developinglafayette.com slash EPS. That's L-I-N-K dot developinglafayette.com slash E-P-S. So, Eli, you moved to Lafayette, you went to school here, then you moved back. Um, Why? Well, uh, you know, just like I said earlier, I just wasn't sure where, you know, in the workforce here in Lafayette, I was right. going to fit in. And, and, you know, my the perception back then was that I had more opportunity back in Texas, right? So I you know, still had all my contacts back there, you know, I had my degree now in hand and I can go and kind of tap into that and say, and it was a comfort zone world. for you. Right, it's comfort as well. Um, but it was like, you know, that's where I, I really want to live, right, for the rest of my life. And, you know, if... We've had a couple conversations, um, and I think some people in the class have already pegged me uh, <laughs> as that typical Texan, right? It's always like, well, in Texas, this is what we do, right? So, yeah. It's, um, but yeah, so that's how I always felt. Like there was never in my mind, I was never going to live in Louisiana. I've done my time in Louisiana. I want to go home. Um, but yeah, you know, God had other plans for me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm loving the journey, man. So. You moved back to Lafayette. What year did you move back? When, after college? Yeah, so you, uh, okay, so after college, you moved back to Lacoste. What well, year was that? Um, yeah, so that was, uh, oh gosh, 2012. Okay, and then that's when you moved back. And then when did you move back to Lafayette? Uh, last year, June 26th of last year. Wow, God, that, that's so this okay. year has been nuts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. yeah. So it, initially it was you know after college moved back to Lacoste and then I was um, you know of course had the the girlfriend here in Lafayette so we we're kind of talking back and forth and I was trying to uh, there were times where I tried to get her to move to San Antonio uh, that was never going to happen uh, so we ended up in Houston it was kind of like okay well done my time in Louisiana. But she didn't want to go all the way to San Antonio. Let's just pick Houston, a good midpoint. Yeah, good midpoint. Yeah, so at the time I was uh, working for Chase, so it was an easy transfer over to the Houston market. Um, And so, yeah, so we moved there. And, you know, I think it was – I'm going to say it was a day after we moved in. I think I remember this pretty clearly, that Lily pretty much came in and said, hey, so when do I get to go back to Lafayette? I'm going to (laughs) say – she may disagree with me, but I'm pretty sure it was the day after she moved that she was already talking about moving back to Lafayette. God, you know, it's hard to be plucked out of this area. Uh, and that's why we have the boomerangs that we do have um, that are from native to Lafayette, move away to explore other possibilities, to, to explore themselves. They're young. They're, they're just looking to get out, and maybe it's for work. And then ultimately, whether it's for family, for food, or just o- overall quality of life, they end up moving back. <clears throat> and that's a big story that's going around right now. Uh, within the the news uh, sphere here is what is what is bringing people back and how do we get more boomerangs back to Lafayette? And I think there's uh, there's even consideration. Uh, other towns are doing this where um, there's a ten thousand dollar 
ja- not jackpot, but like it feels like it, a $10,000 pool of money to where if you move back to Lafayette for work to live here, they will, no, I'm pretty sure there's like stipulations. You might have to have like a certain amount of years that you, you commit to staying. And I could be wrong on that, but um, like, you know, offering 10000 for people to move back and like build their careers here. I've never heard that um, before. I don't know. On the surface, I don't think it's a great idea. I think Lafayette uh, and the surrounding areas have enough incentive to say, you know, people want to move here without being incentivized monetarily. So it's, um, you know, all the things that are going on around town. I mean, when we moved back, it was all, I I didn't really know Youngsville all that well or Broussard or, uh, but the realtor that we were working with, she was awesome, by the way. Um, We send her all over Acadiana. You know, we looked at Arneville Sunset where, you know, Lily's from. Uh, We did look at Youngsville and Broussard, but ultimately we ended up almost, you know, center of the city here in Lafayette. And, you know, with everything from Moncus Park to downtown, um, you know, maybe I need to get out to Youngsville a little bit more uh, to see what's going on out there. But um, there, there's a lot happening and a lot of incentive. And, yeah, going back to my point, I don't think that you need to incentivize people with $10,000 say, hey, come here. Uh, we, we've got enough. Dude, I, I agree. Um, but obviously I would have to pull up the article and I think it was the current that published it. So if you want to read up on it, um, look up the current, they'll have more information, but basically it was like, would you, and it was proposed as a question, would you move back? And I guess as if you were not, if you were, had moved away, would you move back to this area for a $10,000 incentive? And other cities have done it and have seen success out of it. Now, I don't know what the parameters are for that, how to get the money, um, is there a promise not to leave type of thing? I mean, honestly, if you're fr- if you live here for any length of time and have a good job, um, there's not much that you would have an issue with. I mean, sure, somebody can say you know Lafayette has its issues. Everybody, every place has its issues. Some places are less culturally diverse than Lafayette. Some places are more culturally diverse than Lafayette. Houston, you can get you know, any culture under the sun, pretty much. It's almost like a, a, a New York, and I think it's like the fourth largest metropolitan area in the United States. Yeah. So you can find everything you want there on top of all the things you don't want. Lafayette, specifically, has a lower crime rate than every other city in the the the, the state of Louisiana, except for maybe Lake Charles has a, maybe a lower crime, crime rate. But when we're talking about you know, places that people actually want to move to. New Orleans is bad. Nobody wants to visit New Orleans right now. And then Baton Rouge is, a lot of people say it's comparable. I've never experienced any issues going to Baton Rouge, but uh, I don't travel the whole area of Baton Rouge. Um, But so from what I've seen is that Lafayette has a pretty great uh, system of crime as far as like protection and uh, the acts against it. So um, those things might be a benefit to people, but like, um, you know, going back to you guys moving here, I mean, obviously your wife's from here uh, and you're enjoying the area, it seems like. Oh, yeah. We, we get out way more than we did when we were in Houston. Um, in Houston, it's like, okay, well, let's do something. Well, we got to drive 30 minutes to go do it, right? And do we really want to do that or just relax at home? And, you know, especially when I was driving 45 minutes to an hour into work, it's kind of like, I just want to stay home. And now it's, it seems like we're on the go a lot. Uh, we're doing things with the kids, and um, it's a lot more. The livability is so much better here than what we are experiencing in Houston. Yeah, so kind of going back to our uh, leadership uh, 36 class that we just got out of last, or was it yeah, earlier this month, um, we talked about quality of life. So, and I know you had mentioned a few things. So that's what you're talking about is quality of life is, and I think um, a lot of people had agreed in this because we did like a little short survey in our, our class was access. Quality of life is access to all the things that make living nice. And being in Houston, if, if it takes 30 to 45 minutes to get anywhere that you want to go, 
there's 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 lack of quality there because you have to drive everywhere. You, and Houston is a Lafayette too, but Houston is like a car city. Right. Like if you want to go to Top Golf, you got to drive. Because I know there's two locations, but you got to drive to both of them unless you live right next door. And if you live right next door to there, if you want to go to the Galleria, you got to drive another oh, 40 minutes. Right. So it's 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 a big city. I mean, it is what it is. Lafayette, while we're growing, it feels like, at least for me and my experiences here, I live in uh, the northern part of the Lafayette Parish area and in Karen Crow, and I can get to the south side of Lafayette within 30 minutes. Uh, like That's like traveling the whole parish pretty much. Right. And in Houston, you can barely make it out of the little quadrant of Houston in that amount of time. Yeah. So that was interesting because when we would come back, and I hear people talk about, oh, I live in Youngsville. I don't want to drive all the way to Lafayette or vice versa, right? Um, it's too far. Uh, just perception-wise for us, it's, oh, that's right down the road. And we would come in to visit. We'd be in Sunset, and Lily would say, gosh, you know, since we're here, I really like Cajun snow. Let's just go real quick. We'll come, you know, get a snow cone and go back, you know, and we'd make little trips like that. And most people were like, you guys are idiots. But it was <laughs> like, you know, we, we weren't getting that over there. It's kind of like, you know, kind of the Lafayette flair of, well, we're here. We don't care how far we have to drive because we want to experience it. And I think that living in Houston, yes, it was tough to go places to go do things and multiple things uh, coming here. It's like, oh, no, that's like right down the road. I'm not yeah. worried about that. Let's go yeah. do it. So access to me, that conversation of access just doesn't really exist because if I really want to do it, I'm just going to get in the car and go do it. Right, right. right? So it's so. So what do you define uh, quality of life? I mean, if we're going to go back to our class, um, I know there was a it was a long day. There was a lot of a lot of discussion, um, but to kind of revisit that, what was your thought process? What were you thinking? What What did you consider to be a benefit or a, a definition of quality of life for you? I've always seen that as experiences. Um, so I mentioned that we don't really get out to Youngsville. I promise somebody is going to call me after this and say, oh, my gosh, you come to Youngsville next weekend and we're probably going to do it. Right. right? right. So uh, which is what we want. Uh, and I think that leads into the quality of life conversation. Um, and that's what we want for our kids too. you know, new experiences into not only new foods, but new cultures, new, new everything. Right. I mean, it's that's how you kind of build on your knowledge base and uh, get different viewpoints. Um, and so that's I mean, even when we go back to Capitol Day, I got lost a couple of days. I, I didn't get lost. I made <laughs> conscious decisions to stay in certain areas because what I found was, you know, in, intriguing. And I yeah. got to talk to people and knowing in the back of my mind that I'm going to be left at the Capitol. Oh, well, you got lost in the experience, got lost in the experience. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, that's. Again, I guess my personality of, hey, this is a new experience. I want to fully immerse myself in it and see what's going on. And um, Yeah. Yeah. So you're a little over a year being back in Lafayette, which is crazy because you're in Leadership Lafayette. And typically, Leadership Lafayette um, is for people that have been deep into the Lafayette culture, deep into wanting to improve the area and our business owners or shakers and movers or just citizens that are part of a nonprofit or, you know, whatever have you, you being here just over a year and you're doing this obviously says a lot. Like what, what led you to want to apply to, to go into the leadership program? Well, it's two different things. One, from my job, I mean, right, it's a, as a financial advisor, you just want to meet as many people as you can and, um, you know, kind of tell tell your story, right? But on the other hand, we're in a brand new spot, and it goes back to those experiences of, hey, show me what your Lafayette looks like, right? And it, I'll just tag along, and I get to experience something new. So I actually started with Intro Lafayette. I drove in from Houston to do Intro Lafayette. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I stayed with the in-laws uh, for a couple of days and did that. Uh, once we moved here, I did Acadiana Onboard. And, and of course, just through marketing, they're like, hey, you've already done Intro, you've done Onboard, why not Intro Lafayette? And uh, I'm not Intro, uh, Leadership Lafayette. Um, and so I just applied, not actually thinking that I probably wasn't going to get in because that was my thought process is you got to kind of be already in the community. 
Um, but I guess the nominating committee or whoever chose us thought that, you know, I'd be a good addition to it. Yeah. So I'm grateful. Uh, it, it's been a blast and I enjoy it. Um, but I'm glad that they, I guess, took a chance. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you knew this and I know this only because um, I know someone who's, who is or was on the board that of Leadership Lafayette that the the process, the selection process is double blind. So they strip or redact all of the information that could lead to who you are. They, they take it out of the selection process so that the people that are the selection committee that gets to decide who, what, what forms, what applications get selected to, to be a part of it. Um, they're not picking people based off, oh, I know this person. Like, oh, this person's a politician. I definitely need to make friends and hook, hook up with that person. So it's all double blind. So basically the way you answer uh, the question, because it was an application with several different questions, like how you would improve the community, what, you, what are different things that you would do, like how are you improving the community? Um, and so how you answer them is kind of how they, um, they picked, which – I thought it was really cool because I, I, I felt a little weird. My business partner, who's on the board, I was like, dude, it's going to look super weird that I apply and I get on because you're on the board. He goes, look, I never see any of that. I'm on the board, but I don't have any hand in the selection process. He said, look, I'm just nominating you. I want you to apply. And I said, okay. Um, and so I did the whole uh, application. It was a, well, I don't know if it was $25 or $50 to sign up to, to apply it at least. And then seeing that it's a 20, I think it was a $2,200 uh, tuition. I was like, this is never going to happen for me. Like, I don't know, like, this is crazy. Uh, and so I did the, the application, paid for it. And then a few weeks later, got a call and said, hey, congratulations, you got picked. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> like I didn't first of all I didn't think it was actually gonna happen yeah uh, second like now how do I pay for it like, yeah so um, I, I did some I did some unconventional tactics to pay for it uh, I used to go fund me I called a few contacts of mine who are business people and I'm like hey would you sponsor like I'm trying to do this and thankfully leadership Lafayette it's on its 36 um, class so it's been active I think since 1987. And so uh, a lot of people know about it. Everybody who's anybody in town that's a business owner that's been active in the community for a while knows about it. So it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to explain um, why I needed the money. But so uh, that's just my little side part. Well, so I didn't even know uh, how I didn't realize how big of a deal Leadership Lafayette actually yeah. is. Right. I mean, I'm brand new and people are saying, oh, you know, my goal is just to meet people. And hey, if you want to get involved look at this organization, right? Uh, Leadership Institute. And it's kind of like, okay, I was like, I'll do that. But as I'm telling people, hey, yeah, I applied, like, oh, good luck. You know, I haven't <laughs> been selected in like three years running, you know, kind of stuff. And um, so you've actually had people say that? Mm -hmm. Wow. So that it was more of like prepping me to yeah. say like, you're, it's very likely you're not going to get in, right? Just want to kind of set expectations. And I'm like, I'm just clueless. I'm like, oh, yeah, if I get in, great. If not, oh, well, you move on to the next thing yeah, and you keep yeah. on going. And Yeah, so I don't know. I'd be interested to see what the uh, selection committee thought when my application oh, came I across. Oh, I would love to know whenever they uh, saw my application. Like, what? Uh, what was what? Are, what is this guy thinking? Like, what is all this? I, I tried my best to answer it as, uh, as educated as I could, and, you know, because I was like, and this is for the elite people of Lafayette, like whatever. Uh, sure enough, I got in, and I'm enjoying it. Um, we are probably what about halfway through. I think so. Yeah. By the way, are you gonna try to do uh, leadership Louisiana? Is that a thing that you? Oh my god, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if you go that route, that almost like you're gonna run for some political office. I know. That's kind of how I see it. I know. I feel I like know. if you run for leadership, Louisiana, you're you're practice, you're destined to be like a congressman or a senator <laughs> at that point. Like I feel like a lot of people that have been in leadership Lafayette have become um, some type of elective office. I mean, not everybody, obviously. Some of them are business owners and they stay that business owner indefinitely. But like, there's a lot of elected officials that have taken the class, and I'm like, man. 
I don't know if I'm cut out to be an elected official. Like, what? Ew. It's just weird because um, the duties behind that, you know. Anyway, that's that's another story. <laughs> that's another story. But, yeah, you're right. It feels like if I go that route, uh, what am I doing this for ultimately is, you know, to learn about the community and you know, how to improve it. And how do, how do you do that? You become an elected official to make a change. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I do like the idea. I don't even know who told me about it, um, but having a, a regional um, leadership. I didn't even know there was a leadership Youngsville. Yeah, uh, yeah, leadership brand new. Iberia, yeah. and, you know, and I'm like, oh, that would be cool to kind of just have more of a Cadiana uh, leadership thing, and maybe that would be the next step coming up. But So, like, regional, like, multi-parish. Right. Yeah, because yeah, then, uh, good, good, good segue to this question. Uh, I didn't have it planned, but... So when we're talking about Acadiana, what is considered Acadiana to you? I don't know. You don't know, like uh, what? When somebody says, "Hey, tell me, like, what what's Acadiana? Like, tell me about Acadiana. Like, what do you tell people?" Oh, so I, I talk a lot about the. Uh, so I, I'll give you an example. So essentially, I became a virtual financial advisor overnight by moving here. Right. I'm, Clients were Houston and Austin and, and just a sprinkle in Dallas, but they asked me that too. And we're talking about, Hey, what, I go visit you, come visit me. Right. And let's kind of do a home and home. Right. So I talk about the festivals of the different times of the year. And of course the food and, um, I guess really I, I stick on those two points, but I talk about my personal experiences with, depending on what you want to do, there's a spot in Acadiana that probably is going to meet your need and we'll kind of make a weekend out of it or something. Um, But yeah, that's a good question. So I guess to, to maybe help you out a little bit, like what parishes are considered Acadiana? Like whenever you think about the parishes around us, because you got Lafayette, which is typically. Well, I know there are nine, right? That make up. There are nine that one Acadiana recognizes. Maybe that's where I got it from. Yeah. So is that like a sore subject or <clears throat> something here? No, no, no. It's not. Okay. A, it's not a sore subject. It's just an interesting one because everybody has a different opinion on it or a different thought process, and a lot of it does stem with uh, one Acadiana and the 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 kind of the the meaning behind what they do, but or or maybe if it's not a one Acadiana, it's. You know, everybody calls Lafayette the heart of Cajun country. And so when you think about it, everything that touches Lafayette Parish would be considered Acadiana. Like, because where do you see the Acadiana flag being flown? Is it Baton Rouge? No. No. Is it Lake Charles? Weirdly enough, no. But Lake Charles, Calcasieu Parish, is technically considered part of Acadiana. Interesting. Yeah. But if you think about the Acadiana flag, you mostly see the Acadiana, Acadiana flag flown closest to Lafayette. So obviously in Lafayette Parish, in the city of Lafayette, you see the Acadiana flag everywhere. It's almost like the state flag. It's flown here at next to the state flag. But the further out you get from Lafayette, the less Acadiana flags you see. I grew up an hour north uh, in Evangeline Parish. I'd, I have, I had never seen an Acadiana flag flown there. And it's part of Acadiana, Evangeline Parishes. And it's also, Evangeline Parish is part of the nine parishes that one Acadiana recognizes as a, their their core uh, parishes, but not an Acadiana flag. And it's weird. So one day I got to look and I was like, what is Acadiana? Like, wh- if I'm going to define Acadiana for me, what is it? Because I think it's the closest parishes to Lafayette. But what really is it? And so according to, um, I think it's, I don't know if it's UL or LSU where I got the information, and I can probably just Google it now. I have a computer in front of me. But for sake of time, um, the source that I read said that the state of Louisiana recognizes 22 parishes as Acadiana. And some of them are... um, not what you would consider Acadiana. St. Charles Parish, which is pretty much the parish right next to Arlen's Parish, Orleans Parish. Would you consider anything near New no. Orleans? <laughs> exactly. No. But to 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 that 
point, I guess, of the, the 22 parishes. It goes uh, all the way to Calcasieu Parish, which is Lake Charles, to St. Charles Parish, and all the way up as high as Avoyles Parish, which is Marksville area. So the only thing I've heard of Avoyles, is that how you said it? Avoyles, yeah. Avoyles Parish, is that whenever you ask anybody else in the state where they're from, like Avoyles Parish is very proud of Avoyles Parish. I've heard that. I don't even know if that's true, but... I haven't, I, yeah, I haven't heard that, but yeah, find I, out it, it's. I, I don't know. It's. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you where I heard that. But if um, it's not there, that they're from a particular city, they're from a parish. I don't I know mean, if that's true. It, it could be. You. You probably talk to more people from a foil's parish than <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm. I'm kind of a wanderer. You know, I've, yeah. I find new people and um, you know, <clears throat> kind of talk about their, you know, their lives and what uh, what, yeah. what they like about where they live and. Yeah, so that's what I love about you is you you uh, I'm you're, curious. you're a yes man, and you're curious enough to where you want to learn. I mean, plus you're you've made this your home for the past year, and you're trying to figure out more about the place you call home and all that good stuff. So you're exploring, and it's interesting to see someone in the exploration stage of their home because I've been living here since 2010. Uh, there is still a lot that I need to explore, but I, with doing Developing Lafayette, um, I've done a lot of driving, and I've seen a lot. There's still a lot of places, though, that I have not been to, a lot of uh, cultural, significant places that I haven't been to. I've been to the um, um, the Tabasco facility. I've been there to Avery Island, um, but there's uh, several places that I'd like to visit. I'd, I'd like to visit where steam syrup is made. Have you had steam syrup before? No, I have not. I've heard of like uh, syrup from like cane sugar. Yeah, so that's what it is. Oh, that's what it is. Steam syrup is cane cane syrup. Yeah. I, by the way, I hate that. I don't know what the fascination with that is. I actually tried it at Victor's in New Iberia. Okay, so you, I thought you, it was you tried steam syrup. Yes, and I okay. thought it was awful. Really? Yeah. You know what? My dad used to be all about the steam syrup, and as a a teenager, I was like, it's old man syrup. I don't want it. Yeah. However, in my 30s now, um, I said, you know what? What I, I need to figure out what the fascination is with steam syrup. And how is this institution still alive? Like, how who's right. keeping them here? So one day I said, you know what? I want to try it on a biscuit. I don't want to try it on pancakes because I feel like pancakes is reserved for maple syrup or maple flavored syrup, rather. Because if you get real maple syrup, it's expensive. Um, so one day I just said, you know what? I'm going to try it on a biscuit. And I was like, oh, my God. This is different. I like I like the combination. It's different. I don't, I can't, it's hard to explain. Um, and it, it goes good with, like, salty stuff, too. So, like, um, they have a boudin uh, king cake. And they put steamed syrup on the boudin king cake because the salty savoriness of the, the boudin and the steams kind of go together. Um, so if you ever want to try steams in a more, uh, I guess, relatable scenario and it's such as this conversation, try it on a biscuit um, or, or, or something boudin. Related. I'll try it again. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'll give it one more chance, but yeah. And you may not be a syrup guy. But uh, so I'm not going a boudin back, guy. Huh? I'm not a boudin guy. Oh, there you go. You know, so I look. I don't like the skin of boudin. I can't sucking on a boudin. I ain't doing it. It's just, <laughs> it's not. I'm not biting it. I, I will. I will eat a boudin hamburger. We don't really have that here in Lafayette. Lake Charles has boudin hamburgers, and it's literally a bun with mustard and boudin on it, like without the casing. Uh, I've eaten that, um, but just knowing what's in boudin sometimes keeps me from wanting to eat it because. Well, what's odd is. Somebody comes up and they'll say, oh, but this is different. And I'll try it every single time because I'm curious. And every <laughs> single time I'm like, yeah, no, that's. It's not different it, enough. No, not at all. Okay. But. Yeah. So uh, stay and serve. I'd love to go visit the facility there. Um, Jack Miller's barbecue sauce. I don't know if you've ever had Jack Miller's yeah. barbecue sauce. Uh, it's made in Ville Platte, literally pretty much my hometown. And I'd love to go to that facility. And I think I will. I'm, I'm, I want to interview the, the owners or the founders. And just kind of learn a little bit more about that. So those, the, for me, exploration is is more or less in that realm of like the foods and how the foods uh, kind of help shape the area. Like it's it's fascinating. 
But um, have you ever been on a uh, swamp tour? No. Okay. So I, I was actually curious. I think in this last uh, leadership day, they were talking about uh, kayaking. And I forgot. It, it was either, uh, was it Bayou Tesh? That there's like a big group maybe that goes yeah. and they, I kind of want to do that. I think that would be Kayaking really cool. on the Vermilion? Or the Bayou, is it Bayou Tesh? Is it, it part of the Vermilion? I don't know which, I forgot which one he said, but apparently there's like. I'm going to uh, get flack for that. A group of people that yeah, yeah. go and do it. That would be really neat. Yeah. Oh, I would love to do kayaking. Um, I'm just scared that I'll flip over, but that's that's my personal thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, swamp tours. They're you know big airboat. Uh, I interviewed a guy, uh, Ben Pierce, who's a swamp photographer. He's also the executive director of that uh, company, McGee Swamp Tours, and um, it looks super fun. You get on a big airboat. You know the ones with the the loud stuff. You have to have the headphones yeah. on to kind of make your ears not bust, um, but they offer them there. And just right there in St. Martinville Parish, and you go on the Atchafalaya, and you take an airboat tour, and you see gators and all that good stuff. So if you're looking to explore, that's probably a good, Sounds good, a yeah. good thing to do there. Um, well, cool, man. So what ultimately are you hoping to get out of being a part of Leadership Lafayette, and what do you plan to do with the – the experienced experience outside of the class once it's it wraps up yeah so we haven't had education day that's kind of one of the biggest things and in, in moving from uh texas to here it's it's that was with two young kids by the way who aren't school age but you're looking towards that future is what is education going to look like when they're that age and you know you hear all the bad things right about oh, education yeah. here and so it's i'm kind of wondering is um where I can help out in that area uh, to make sure that my kids have a great education experience here. Um, So selfishly, that's probably it. Um, Afterwards, right now, it's just kind of, like you said, learning. Learning, I don't know what I don't know, and when I figure it out, then I can, you know, of course, get involved a little bit more. So I don't know what that is yet. Um, I have gotten involved with uh, downtown. Yeah. which That's just a pure love downtown kind of play you know I, I love what they're doing love you know what they're adding to downtown and the plans of the next for the next 10 years are just phenomenal uh even next year right so um seems like there's a lot of things in the works and so you are are you on the dlu is that what you the talking? dlu board yeah. yeah um so right now i think i was just kind of voluntold to do fundraising and i wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that was just because of my experience but it's it's been awesome it's been great to hear people talk about downtown from when they were kids of we never went downtown and we don't go downtown to now they're like okay they're doing some great things yeah. uh and so i'm very excited to be a part of that but leadership laffy is kind of like my more i guess serious kind of what are the issues that we're right. facing and um uh, so you know you have your fun stuff then you have your you know stuff that you're know, a little bit more uh, in depth that you want to well, cool. change. Well, uh, I, I agree with there that the education side is definitely one that Louisiana has uh, literally nothing else but to do is to go up. Right. <laughs> it's, it's from there because uh, I think we're, we're consistently one of the last places in the entire country as far as education. And I don't really know why. I don't understand it, and I'm pretty sure if I really wanted to know and learn more, I can dig deeper, and it's probably rooted a lot in it in politics and all that good stuff. Typically, that's what it is, and I try to stay away from that because politics is just muddy and gets nasty, but uh, yeah, man, uh, I hope to see big things from you, and I look forward to con- obviously continuing the class because it's not over with yet, um, but yeah, I look forward to seeing what you do after uh, the class is over, obviously, maybe even before. And uh, hopefully, if there's something that I can be a part of that you're a part of, I would love to uh, help out where I can. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what the rest of the class as a whole does. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talk, I mean, everybody says the greatest class ever, right? But I think the uh, looking at what impact you have, I think that we can do some really good things with the people that we have in our class. Yeah. Going back to uh, elected officials, do you think, do you have anybody in mind in our class that you feel like is going to be an elected official? 
Well, there's a oh, couple. Gosh. There's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah. There's I don't know if you want to name drop. Yeah, but. I don't know if I do either. <laughs> but yeah, that's very exciting. I get to go through my first election cycle here uh, in yeah, Louisiana. That's right. So yeah, that's coming. That's up. coming that's, up real quick in October. Yeah. So I'm excited. October 14th, I think. I think so. Oh man. So oh. everybody keeps on telling me, get ready. It gets crazy. It does. Um, the, you know, but that's everywhere, really. Mudslinging happens. Uh, but obviously, Louisiana is known for its uh, l- less than pleasant uh, pol- political kind of arena. Um, so, yeah, uh, it should be interesting to see in our own uh, city in Paris how that goes because we're electing a, uh, I don't want to say a new, we are the election for mayor president is coming up. Right. And the last time it got a little squirrely. And so I'm curious to see how it is going to be this time. Yeah, so am I. (laughs) All right, Eli. Well, uh, it was a pleasure having you on, man. Um, If there's anything that we missed out on, I, I apologize. But I think we got a good bit covered here. Is there anything that you felt like we didn't touch on? Not at all. I just need people to text me saying, hey, here's what we're doing in Youngsville, Broussard, the surrounding areas, wherever that is. Scott, let me know. We'll be there. All right, right. Well, your contact information is uh, linked on our caption of the video here. So if you if you want to reach out to Eli and say, hey, you got to go here, you got to do this, uh, his, his contact form's on there. So with that, um, we will let you guys go. Uh, Eli, pleasure to have you on, man. It was yeah, good talking thanks. with you. Appreciate it. All right, it. well... Uh, That's it, guys. And if you want to hear the audio version of this podcast, hopefully it should have it up this week. I got one to edit before this, and then I have this one. Uh, But if you want to listen to it ahead of time, obviously you are listening to it. So just rewind it. Uh, Rewind it. I'm showing my age there. (laughs) Rewind. Oh, my God. Just start it over. Uh, Anyway, that's it. We're out. Uh, Eli, have a good one. Thank you.